Welcome to the Hoffmantown Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from Hoffmantown Church. I was talking uh, with Bill McCullough. He's an engineer. He's got his doctorate in engineering. And on Thursday, we did a Bible study uh, with the staff. We do that every Thursday and just about. And um, one of the things he brought up to me, and I never thought about it, but all biological life on earth needs light to exist. Now, maybe you knew that, and I'm just slow to the take. But the truth of the matter is, is if there's no light, there's no life. Does that follow? Biologically. Okay? Every species, every created thing, including us, right? We're created. We need light in order to live. It's amazing. Christ is the light of the world. When we talk about spiritual things, we talk about who we are in Christ. We talk about our walk with the Lord. We talk about uh, what God has done for us. And, and we talk about the fall. We talk about sin. We talk about being separated from God because of sin. We talk about the necessary light spiritually that Christ doesn't just have to give to us, but actually is. See, that becomes an amazing thought. We are children of light. If we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, like we just sang, if that's true, then Christ, who is light, lives within us. And as we walk in this life, we get to reveal who he is for his glory, for his honor. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 says, For you are all sons of light and sons of day. And then he clarifies this. We are not of night nor of darkness. <laughs> sons of light, sons of day. Look at Acts chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 44 through 52. And I'm going to do this a little bit perhaps differently this morning. I just want to encourage you. We're going to look at this passage, and, and there's, a, there's a, a moment in this passage that I think is so fitting, especially as we look at a new year. Last, last week, we looked at repentance, we looked at revival, we looked at renewal, the necessary uh, walk with God, how we are in desperate need of the Lord, and being right with him during these days. Let me preface verses 44 and following by just reminding you of what's happened in Verses 42 and 43. And in verse 42, it says, as Paul and Barnabas were going out, they remember they were in the synagogue. They were sharing the message of the gospel. Paul was. And as they were going out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. So we've, we've got this, hey, we want to hear more moment. Now, when the meeting of the synagogue had broken up, many of the Jews and of the God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue in the grace of God. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. Continue, remain, abide within the grace of God. Evidently, these were believers because he wouldn't be continuing them to abide in the grace of God. He would be challenging them to get saved. And so some of these people that had listened and heard, they evidently believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and they were following after Paul and Barnabas. And he's, he's, he's encouraging them, continue, abide in the grace of God. So we hit verse 44, and we have the next Sabbath. So a week later, those who had heard, who had believed, 
had evidently gone home and began to share with their families, their friends, the people they had influence with, you got to come and hear the word of the Lord. you got to come and hear the word of God. And they did, which I think is really cool. The next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to do what? See a personality? Hear a great orator? No, hear the word of the Lord. He doesn't say the word of men. He doesn't say that which sounds good. He doesn't talk about anything else other than the word of the Lord. The whole city came in order to hear the word of the Lord. Verse 45 is interesting. When the Jews saw the crowds... They were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. Since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. Wow. Praise God for that, right? Hear the word of the Lord. I, that just resonates in, in my mind. The Jews didn't want that. They were, it says very specifically, they were filled with jealousy. And you can see this all through the book of Acts, the contrast of being filled with jealousy versus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit versus filled with jealousy. Over and over again, we saw the Sanhedrin filled with jealousy. We see Paul, we see Peter, we see Stephen, we see the servants of the Lord being filled with the Holy Spirit. Those who come against the gospel of grace, filled with jealousy. They also begin to contradict the message of Paul, which in large part was straight out of the Old Testament. Now that would have been an interesting moment, wouldn't it? You're going to argue with Paul. (laughs) That's great. Hey, give enough rope, you know. I mean, the more they argue with Paul, the more he refutes them. Because they can't win. Paul's trained under Gamaliel. If they're going to use the Old Testament to say that Jesus Christ isn't the Messiah, they're going to have a very difficult time doing that. And in fact, I think it's very clear that they couldn't do that, which is why they begin to blaspheme, which is why they begin to persecute Paul and Barnabas and the group to kick them out, because they can't win the argument. When people come against the gospel of grace, all you've got to do is share with them what the word of God has to say. You don't got to try to argue from all kinds of different angles. Just share with them what the word of God has to say. And they can't win. And either one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to repent, they're going to change their mind concerning what they had believed about Jesus, and they're going to believe in Jesus, or they're going to begin to persecute. Because they can't win, so they got to stomp out. Get rid of. He says they repudiated the gospel, meaning to thrust away, push away, reject it. They judged themselves unworthy of eternal life. There's an amazing statement. The Lord was offering it to them. This is the Jewish people. The history's amazing. They'd been given the very oracles, the very word of God. Paul's using the Old Testament in order to share with them what God has said in order to prove, to substantiate, Jesus really is the long-looked-for Messiah, the Savior. Not just to save from Rome, but to save from sin. 
which is what the whole testament speaks toward. All the sacrifices, the whole temple. You can go back and look at Stephen's message. You can look at Peter's messages. You can even look at what Paul had to say. You see this synopsis, this bringing together of the whole history of Israel into very specific points that dealt with faith and grace and how God worked in order to even call Abraham out. Why? So that there would be a seed that would come that would bless all the nations of the world. And we know Paul speaks to that seed as being the Lord Jesus Christ himself. They rejected it, repudiated it, judged themselves unworthy of eternal life in spite of the fact that it was being offered to them. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And actually, I always like to correct this because Paul's not ashamed of the gospel. What he's saying is, I don't want to bring shame to the gospel. I want my life to be a picture of the changing power of Christ in and through me so that the gospel is recognized to be true. He says, for it is the power of God, the ability of God, the dynamic power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, Paul's following this pattern. He goes to the synagogue. He presents the gospel to the Jewish people and to the God-fearers that are there. There were some proselyte Gentiles that were there. But they chose, most of them, to repudiate, to reject. And as a result... He says to them, I'm turning to the Gentiles. Now, does he have biblical validity for doing that? Well, I think he does. He goes on to quote from Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. He says this, for so the Lord has commanded us, told us what to do. He didn't give us an option in it. This is what we are supposed to go do. I have placed you as a light for the who? the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. Wow. Who's the light? Well, I think contextually he's talking about the Jewish people. Paul is one of them. And he's saying, we're going to turn to the Gentiles because we've offered to you that which is your heritage. You ought to know. But if you consider yourselves, if you judge yourselves to be unworthy of eternal life, we're going to do what God told us to do, why God created us, which is go to the Gentiles and share with them the message of grace, the message of salvation, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, how salvation can come to an individual, how they can be forgiven, cleansed, be made right with the Father through the blood of the Lamb. We're going to take that to the Gentiles. <laughs> When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying not the word of man, not the word of Paul, not the word of Barnabas, the word of what? The Lord. I love that. That's our stand. No matter what we go through, no matter what circumstances we face, no matter what this world throws at us, we stand on the word of the Lord. And we share the word of the Lord. Because we know the word of the Lord is what this is all about. Well, why are we here? Think about that. Now, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But let me, let me just ask you, why 
Why are we here as a church body? Why are we here as individuals? Why are we here as families? See, I think, unfortunately, a lot of times we've been told we're here to get our needs met. Ouch. Is it wrong to have friendships? Is it wrong to have certain needs met? Is it wrong to acknowledge that we have needs, that we need one another as a loving body to come alongside? Absolutely not. But folks, if that becomes the fundamental reason of why we're here, we're going to get off track really fast. I would suggest to you that we are here for one reason, one purpose, and that is to glorify God. Period. All that we do is for his glory. What does that mean? Hang in there. We'll look at that. The Gentiles hear this. They begin rejoicing, glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. They believed. They trusted. They received. They were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. They were now in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Their sins had been forgiven and they were made right with the Father. Something the law of Moses could not do, which Paul's already stated. Something that only can take place through the Lamb, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. (laughs) It's beautiful. Verse 50 says, The Jews incited the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. And they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say continually filled with jealousy. He says continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. The Jews, those who refused to believe, those who were blaspheming, those who were trying to uh, show that what Paul's saying wasn't correct, couldn't do that. And as a result, they incited the devout women of prominence, the leading men of the city. They get the people that uh, they have influence with, and they begin to drive out. They instigate a persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and they drive them out of their district And as Paul and Barnabas leave, they did something that was a metaphor. They shook the dust off their feet, which has the idea that, well, we're we're disconnected here. Right? We've, We've done what we're supposed to do. But they would not believe. And they move on. And they do so with joy. They do so being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's deal with this issue of light. Because Paul says we have been commanded to go to the Gentiles. We are light. I I would suggest clearly in this context, talking about the Jewish people, but I think it's very obvious in the New Testament, we are called children of light. Do you realize that everywhere you go, every opportunity that you have in terms of encountering somebody who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are the light of Christ to that individual. And, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to say something. It may be that it's through your actions and your activities that they recognize in you something different. You don't lie. You don't uh, cuss. You don't do the things that, that, that do it. And you don't do it because you're religious. You do it because you have a love relationship with the Lord. And so there's a difference. There's a kindness. There's a, there's a genuineness. There's a transparency about failure and, and our need of Christ. But there, there's... There's light in darkness. Light in darkness. 
Do you realize every, every one of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are called children of light. Why? Well, first I would suggest because God is light. God is light. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. 1 John 1, 5. Hey, get your Bibles out and turn quick, okay? Because we'll go through this. I got a lot to do in a very short amount of time, all right? So really fast. And if you've got a computer, God bless you, you'll get there ahead of us. Well, not me, because I've got it already in my notes, but... <laughs> First John's towards the end of the Bible, right? Revelation, go left. First John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Isn't that awesome? There's not even the hint of a shadow in God. There's not just... The shadow, there's the hint of the shadow of the shadow. Does that follow? There's no darkness in him at all whatsoever. Everything he does is true. Everything he does is loving. Everything he does is kind because that's who he is. He doesn't just show it. He is it. And as a result, he lives it in everything. In everything. Look at James 1.17. James 1.17. Those of you who have been... Looking at Hebrews in K groups, you should be able to find us pretty quickly. <laughs> you can test one another, right? You're probably sitting together looking at one another going, did you find it? Oh, it's in the Bible. James 1.17. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. No sin in him at all whatsoever. Not even the hint of sin in him. Nothing impure. Nothing unclean. We're called children of light because our Father is the God who is light. He's true. He's righteous. He's good. Jesus is the light. It's very clear. There's many, many different passages on this. John chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, deal with the Lord being light. Very clearly. In him was life. Every time that word was is used. Can I get real technical with you for a moment? Every time you see that word was, underline it, mark it, because it's a special word. It doesn't mean past tense. It means eternal. Has been Always, forever, and will be always, forever. That's what it means. In him, has been, always, will be, as far back as you want to go eternally, and always will be life. And we're not talking about biological life here. We're talking about the essence of life. We're talking about spiritual life. He is, has always been, always will be, always into the future is going to be life because that's who he is. He's the essence of life. And what does he say? The life was being, again, always, forever. The light of men. Jesus' life, he himself, is our light. Spiritually, we are in darkness without him. Spiritually, we have no life 
without him. Spiritually, we are separated from God without the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ is life and his life is light. And we have been created for that. Folks, understand that without Jesus, there is no life. There's no hope. What does he say? The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it, did not receive it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world does what? Enlightens every man. Oh, now I wish I had about five hours to do this one, right? But I'll respect the K group leaders. (laughs) What he's saying is that the Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And he gives an overall perspective of that. Everybody has the opportunity to recognize that the sun exists. You can go out there and you know that there's light. Cloudy days, you know there's something. When it's clear, you see it. The Lord Jesus Christ, in that sense, is the light of the world. But then he makes it very specific in verse 9. There's the true light, which coming into the world does what? Enlightens every man. That's very specific. What he's saying is that he takes the flashlight of his truth and shines it on the heart of every individual on this earth. Because he doesn't just want people to look at him as this awesome, amazing God. He wants every person to know him personally. That's amazing. God is always working towards that. Always. John 8, 12, Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. And remember the I am statements? I am the self-existent, eternal God. I am the light of the world. Always have been, always will be, because that's who I am. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. As believers, we are light. Why? Because our Father is the Father of lights. God is light because the Lord Jesus Christ himself is the light of the world. He is our life. And so in Romans chapter 13, verse 12, he says, The night is almost gone, the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on what? The armor of light. I would suggest to you in the context that what he's talking about is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is our armor. That's Ephesians. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5, 7 through 9 says, Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness. You were separated from God. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Philippians 2.15 says, So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. Do you realize that? Everywhere we go as believers, we appear as lights in the world. (laughs) Why? Because the light 
of life. The Lord Jesus Christ himself lives within us. And as we say yes to him and as we choose to follow him, as we walk in obedience to him, as we're empowered by him to do the very things that he leads us to do, and as we're listening carefully to how he desires to lead us and to guide us and what he wants us to do, then all of a sudden his life, his light begins to shine through us. You may not know that. You may not understand the impact of that. You may not see the repercussions of that. But believe what the word of God says. You appear as children of light. It's beautiful. I want to do something a little different. We haven't shown you some of the Iraq pictures. You guys, and I'm blessed by this. I just got Pennsylvania on you, you guys. (laughs) My brothers and sisters in Christ. You gave um, over $30,000 towards Iraq. And I just want to show you a few of these things. They were able to go in. We had to do it in $6,000 increments, basically, because of the bank systems and the way it works. Uh, Some of the the funds went towards food. Some of it went towards clothing. Some of it went towards gifts. We were able to support approximately 400 people in this. Some of them were only 20 miles from where ISIS is. Some of them were in Baghdad, and they have fled from these areas. I think it's amazing what God's doing through this body of believers. But I I say this because I want to share with you a little bit about what God, I believe, is doing in and through Hoffmantown. And the light, the light, walking as children of light. JJSU simply means Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost. Somebody had a a Jerusalem meeting not too long ago, and people thought that they were going to have a meeting about going to Israel, going to Jerusalem. (laughs) What we're talking about is Albuquerque and the regions around our area. Okay, Acts 1.8. The vicinities here. And I just want to share with you some factual stuff In our Jerusalem right now, our church, you, support 11 ministries, four missionaries. Judea, six ministries, two missionaries. Samaria, two ministries, three missionaries. Uttermost, three ministries, and six missionaries. If you look at the amount of money that has been given to missions just this past year, it's over a half a million dollars, and I think that's tremendous. Jerusalem, we had... 84,000 Judea, you can read, 102, Samaria, 81, uttermost, about 280,000. Out of that, to Annie Armstrong, I believe there's 10,500, Lottie Moon, Iraq. So included in that were some very special uh, missions. Lottie Moon and Iraq are included within our uttermost giving. Now, I want to kind of walk through. I'm amazed. When When I start walking through how many different ways you as a people, as a church body, don't do that. I need you. As a church body, how many of you are serving in our area through different ministries? I may not call out the ministry that you may be serving in, um, but we acknowledge that there are many things that are happening that you are participating in as the Lord has led you, and we praise God for that. But I I do want to call out some of these, okay? In our Jerusalem, we support, and we have a lot of different people um, working with Albuquerque Rescue Mission. How many turkeys were given? 249 turkeys, right? John Hill, 
Now, if I, I, I got to go quicker. Angel Tree Ministries, right? I mean, how many gifts have been given through you, through the body of Christ at Hoffmantown into Angel Tree? It's amazing. BCNM, the Central Baptist Association. BSF, which meets here every week. It's a Bible study fellowship for women. We have a bus ministry. We have the CareNet Pregnancy Center, which, by the way, we were able to help them uh, with their machines. Somebody stole it. They were able to get some insurance money, but we were able to come alongside and help them um, make sure that they got what they needed for the ultrasounds. CASA, the Christian Counseling Professionals, Corey Tenboon Project, Eagle's Wings, many of you have gone down there. Fathers in the Field, it's a new ministry we're beginning. Some of you are involved in that. Can't wait to see what God does through that. It's a mentoring uh, opportunity for men with uh, young boys and, and teenage young men. Faith comes by hearing. We've partnered with them significantly. The Gideons, many of you pass out Bibles. How many of you have ever gone into a hotel room where you have not found a Gideon Bible in the room? I mean, I've been in places in Burma. They had Gideon Bibles in the hotel room. Amazing. His store, we have that right here. The homebound ministries, many of you visit. Hospital visitations, many of you do that. We have the international students that we minister to through the China uh, Outreach Program ministry. Joy Junction, Light Shine, Love Inc., Mops. <laughs> have you ever been up here and you've seen all the moms with the, with the baby strollers and, and all the blankets and all the paraphernalia? I mean, they look like a traveling caravan. And they come up and they, they're up in the room and, and they're being ministered to. It's amazing what God's doing in the MOPS program. Mothers of preschoolers, for those of you who wondered. Military Appreciation Dinner. Folks, that's been an amazing time. It really has. Navigators, through Rob Mann and Karen uh, Warren and, and so many of the others. Tremendous ministry opportunities there. And God's used them in special ways. Noonday Ministries, Danny Watley and, and those, they just created the rock. Can't wait to go down and see it. See how God's using them. We have many that go and visit the prisons every week. People are being saved. People are coming to know Christ in the prisons. Socks. I'm not going to even attempt that one. Supper and Stripes. Kirtland Air Force Base. Do you know we have a group of people that actually go to Kirtland Air Force Base in order to sew on the uniforms of our soldiers, the stripes that are necessary for them as they begin to go up the ladder, so to speak. Trail Life, I saw some of y'all because I was looking for you, yeah. Trail Life, we had to replace the Boy Scouts, but Trail Life has been tremendous, tremendous addition. UNM, we have the Baptist Student Union, we have ESL, the, the English as a Second Language. Many of you are involved uh, with John and Susie and Yad Viad, reaching out to the Jewish people and just building relationships there. Some of you are involved at Young at Heart. In our Judea, we have the disaster relief, which, by the way, at the missions conference, they're going to come and provide lunch for us out of the, the Baptist Relief trailer, which will be a pretty neat thing. SBC, we have NAM, North American Mission Board. In our Samaria, we have Precept Romania. We've had over 100 kids saved. We've given $25,000 to one of the projects they have over there in a, in a 
destitute little village. We've seen kids come to know Christ. Many of our students have been participating in that Romania trip over the last few years. Samaritan's Purse, many of you have given to that. They give gifts all over the world. In our uttermost, we have AMG Uganda, which we've given literally hundreds of thousands of dollars to. In order to build Upendo, in order to come alongside with child sponsorships, be international in Thailand as well as the Philippines. We've been in Myanmar, which is Burma. I like saying Burma better, but they really like Myanmar. (laughs) ICM. How many churches? Have you ever walked in uh, the classes and you've seen the pictures on the wall of the, the churches that have been started through ICM? It's amazing. All over the world. SBC cooperative program. Some of you have given to Co- Compassion International. I, I don't know. There's, there's a whole lot. And I'm, I'm amazed. But you know, that's not all. <laughs> Let me just kind of walk through The internal stuff. You know what it takes in order to walk through a Sunday? You know what it takes in order to do a Wednesday night? You know what it takes in order as a body of believers to do the things that we do? Okay, so here's what I'm going to want you to do, okay? I think I got time for this. Yes, I do. We're taking time to do this. Sorry. (laughs) When I call out your area of ministry, I want you to stand, okay? Because I want you to have a picture in your mind of how this body is being used by the Lord Jesus Christ as lights in this world. Can you do that for me? And, and I, know, I know some of you don't want credit. It's okay. This isn't for the sake of credit. This is for the sake of encouraging the body of believers that God is at work. And it's for his glory. We, know, we understand that, right? So I won't call you out by name. Maybe some of you. But no, no I'm kidding. But let me just do this, all right? Children's ministry. Some of them right now can't be here because they're, they're in the rock. They're in Giggle Church. They're in, uh, doing things over there. But if you're involved in children's ministry, if you're involved in the Treasure Trust Club, if, you, if you're teaching a class, if you're helping, if you're changing diapers, if you help with registration, if you help with sign-up, some of you do that. You've got to sit there and you've got to write everybody's name down. You've got to check them in, check them. Come on, stand. Everybody stand who's involved in children's ministry. That's right. I know you're the first, so I apologize. We'll, we'll get there, okay? And just remain standing. Just stay standing, all right? Trail life, come on. Y'all are involved in children's and helping that. Some of you helped out with the choir, the children's choir, which, by the way, went to uh, several homes over on the west side, shared the gospel, took the message of Christmas and the true meaning of Christmas uh, to some wonderful people, and the families went with them, if you were involved in that. Some of you are involved in Kids Express, which is our preschool that meets here. A tremendous opportunity to share Christ with families. Most of the people that come to our Kids Express program in school. Do not attend church. And it's an opportunity. It's a touching point just to share Christ. All right, stay standing. Students. All right, now this is good, right? I know where you are anyway, so I can point you out. If you're involved in student ministry, if you're a K-group leader, you're a helper, if you help with music, if you do sound, right, if you do any of those things, maybe you're a part of the greeter group. I know there's a, a bunch of you that are helping with greeting. Do that. Stand up. Maybe you opened your home for D now. Maybe you help teach at D now. Uh, maybe you help cook food. I mean, students need food, right? You ought to see how much they eat every week. And some of you help act, and yeah, the students are laughing because they know. Uh, 
<laughs> camps and retreats. You help with camps. You help with treats. How about the college group? If you're helping with the college group, I want you to go ahead and stand. Now, here's where it's going to, you know, it's already fun, but missions. Missions council. You all go ahead and stand. I want you to just stand up. Missions council, if you've participated in a mission trip over this last year, I want you to stand. And that can be Burma, that can be Uganda, that can be anywhere in this world. Maybe it was right here in Jerusalem. You went to Joy Junction, you went to Noonday, you went over to Kirtland, you went... Now stay standing, because we're, we're, i got a ways to go. Um, if you participated in an outreach of any kind, I want you to stand. And then here's the kicker. If one of those organizations, or perhaps I missed yours that I read earlier and we went through all the PowerPoint stuff, if you are serving in one of those organizations, those ministries, or you've helped in one of those ministries, you've supported one of those ministries, I also want you to stand because you're a part of that whole missions picture. Come on. Everybody get up. That's right. There you go. Keep going. I'm not doing this to glorify you. So just stand up. All right. Women's ministry. Now, I already talked about mops, but if you're helping in mops, if you're helping in women's ministry, go ahead and stand up. Maybe you're a part of the joy ministry. Maybe you're a part of the widow to widow ministry. Maybe you're a part of Friends Unlimited or Connect Four. I want anybody that's involved with women's ministry that isn't already standing to stand up. All the classes, maybe you're teaching a class, maybe you're helping during the class, you're a part of a leadership team, you're part of the Dorcas ministry, which is missional. Maybe you're helping with special events like the tea, or you've helped with a discipleship conference and set up for that. You've done something with women's ministry. Would you just go ahead and stand? It's getting easier, I hope. If you're involved in couples ministry, I don't know if you know we have that. We have people that will come alongside of couples in order to mentor them, in order to help them through difficult times. Go ahead and stand. If you're a part of singles ministry, go ahead and stand. If you're a part of care ministry, which is divorce care or grief share, you know how many people we have come every semester who have been divorced or who have gone through the death of a loved one and they're being ministered to, they're being helped, they're being pointed to Christ. It's amazing. Who's involved in prayer ministry? Where's Phil? Come on, he's probably already standing. There they are. Maybe you come on Thursday nights and you take time to pray. Maybe you help with getting the information out that's necessary. D groups. Wednesday nights, if you've... Help teach a class. Go ahead and stand. Maybe you've helped take role. Believe me, I'm thankful for the people in my class that do that because I forget every week. I want every teacher, including all the adult K-group teachers, to go ahead and stand. If you're a director, go ahead and stand. If you're in a K-group class and you have a role and you are serving your K-group through taking the role, through greeting somebody, through bringing food, because I know a lot of you bring food. John can't live without it. (laughs) Go ahead and stand. Maybe there's some area that I haven't said. Just stand. Music ministry. Where's the choir? Where's the orchestra? Where's the praise team? Maybe you help with the sound. You help with the lights. I thank God for the sound, without which you would not be listening to me right now. Maybe you helped with drama, set creation. Maybe you helped set it up. Maybe you're a part of security. Maybe you're a part of the cart ministry. Where's my deacons? 
If you're not standing already, go ahead and stand. Where's my elders? They already are standing, I'm sure. Where's the pastors? Go ahead and stand. Folks, I may not have mentioned an area of service that you're serving in. I may not have said something specific with regard to an organization or a ministry that you're helping in. I want everybody to stand because you're here this morning. You're supporting this church body through your presence. And you're here to listen to the word of God. And we thank you for that. Go ahead and stand. And folks, I want you to look around. Just take a look around. And look what God is doing in and through this body of believers. Listen to this. Why do we do what we do? Do we serve in order to pat ourselves on the back and say, look how great we are? I surely hope not. We serve the Lord because we want him to be glorified. Go ahead and sit. Let me me just share this thought with you as we close. A lot of churches, 10% of the people are doing 90% of the work. I'm amazed at our body of believers. I'm amazed by you. And I'm thankful for your service to the Lord. I want to tell you something. It blesses me. If you're here this morning, you're not a part of a fellowship of believers who love the Lord genuinely, who love his word, and put it into action by serving the Lord. I want to encourage you. Jump in. This is the most amazing church body I've ever been a a part of, and I'm thankful for that. And I thank you for that because God is at work in and through you. God is light, and through your lives, his light is being revealed, not only in our Jerusalem, in our city, in our surrounding area, but even all the way to the uttermost. Matthew 5, 14 And following says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and do what? Oh, how great Hoffmantown is. I don't think when we get to heaven, I think we'd be embarrassed if that was even said, wouldn't you? Don't you? I think what we want to say is how great God is. Look how awesome the Lord is. Look what he's done for us. What do they do? They glorify your father who is in heaven. Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, For from him, out of him, he's the one that initiates it. And through him, what he initiates, he sustains. And to him, what he initiates, what he sustains is for him are all things. And then he says this, to him be the glory forever. Amen. (laughs) As we start a new year, and really we're on a new journey, I'm going to encourage you in this. Walk as children of light. (laughs) Trust God. Don't grow weary in doing good. Trust that the Lord is at work all around us. And even when you can't see it, you appear as children of light in the midst of a world that is upside down. And the hope that we have in Christ Jesus 
is an opportunity for us to share with others. When they come to us and they say, what is this hope? You say, well, <laughs> let me tell you about my Lord. Let me tell you about the one that I love who loved me enough to go to the cross to die for me so that I might have life and not just any kind of life, but eternal life. Thanks for listening to the Hoffmantown Church Podcast. We'd love to hear how God is working in your life. Everyone has a story. Please tell us yours. Visit www.hoffmantown.org and click on the Tell Us Your God Story link on the homepage to share yours with us. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and we hope you will join us next week.